1: And once again, that's the sound of rock cracking. you got Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right here on webtalkradio.net. That's webtalkradio.net. I'm your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. Glad to have each and every one of you. And freedom of speech. Do you realize how in danger we are of losing freedom of speech? In many cases, we've we've lost it. And just look at what uh, Twitter is doing. Uh, I don't know where it'll be when this show comes on the air, but I know Elon Musk has made a bid, made an offer to buy Twitter and take it private. He is a big believer in freedom of speech. But all kind of cries coming from the liberal media, the mainstream media, can't let Elon Musk do that. Why? Because they know right now they are suffocating Read him a speech, and we're going to talk about that today. Uh, we got an article we're going to play for you. We got, uh, and then later on the end of the show, I do want to uh, talk a little bit about the Ukraine Russian war, where we're going, what what it can mean, what options does Putin have? Does he have a way out? There's a, a clip from uh, Newsmax with uh, former CIA uh, operative, uh, ca- covert operation officer Mike Baker. Uh, they had an interview of him. I'm gonna play a clip from that. So uh, stay tuned for a great show. Let's let's kick it off with some information. Guess what? There's a judge in one of the most liberal states in America, and and a, a court in the state of New York rules that the Democrats illegally gerrymandered the new district lines in the state of New York. <laughs> Hold the presses! Can you believe that that the Democrats in New York would try? to attempt to do such a thing well they've done it and the court says it's illegal because they they have something that an amendment to the constitution they made a few years back saying that you could not let politics dictate how the uh, district lines are drawn for u.s house of representatives so let's see i i think they said most democrats are smiling because they know their courts and every all the um, Judges on the Supreme Court in the state of uh, New York have been appointed by Democrat governors, so they're all smiling, thinking, "You know, we got a slam dunk on this." But that's the way Democrats, liberals, progressives, socialists think. They don't want any. Uh, they don't want any kind of uh, opposition to their. Uh, their way of thinking. And that's the way it is in Washington DC. That's the way it is with Bernie Sanders. That's the way it is on college campuses. If you bring in a conservative, they, they threaten violence and and that way it keeps people from wanting conservatives to come in. They silence free speech. And we've talked about that before. But let's let's look where we are about free speech. I mentioned Elon Musk. I mentioned that he wants to buy Twitter, take it private. He thinks he can make more of it. It is a private company to do things that need to be done. And he is a big promoter of freedom of speech. Why does that upset the mainstream media? Why does it upset the liberals? Do they know that they have control of speech? What happened last year toward the end of the election? <laughs> well, the Hunter lap- the Hunter Biden laptop came out. How many Americans actually knew about that. Very, very few. Why? Well, it came out from the New York Post, but Twitter banned it. Facebook banned anything to mention it. If you try to mention it, you were uh, putting time out. Your, Your page were taken down. And we had, what, 51 former CIA and security people who said it's Russian disinformation. Where are they today? Why aren't they out apologizing? Now that we know the Hunter Biden laptop is real. And it's two years too late. They did what they wanted. They accomplished what they wanted. But it's worse than that. And why do I say it's worse than that? Let's play this clip. And then I'm going to interrupt uh, in part of it. This is a news story that came out on Fox News talking about President Obama. And it's also Hillary Clinton last week talking about how to, for democracy to survive, misinformation needs to be weeded out. And f- what they're saying is, we don't believe in freedom of speech. But take 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 a listen to this, and I, I'll stop at something very important coming up. And I want to say something I hadn't heard any media out outlet say at all. But it's very concerning to me. Very concerning. So what what's more of a uh, what happened to America that? made us worse off and and what we had to go through. So take a listen to this clip. Former President
2: Barack Obama was blasted for his speech about the problem of disinformation on Thursday, with critics accusing him of being quite the expert. Former President Barack Obama angered conservatives with his speech against the dangers of disinformation at Stanford University on Thursday. The 44th president, who recently announced that his Obama foundation would be working to empower and equip emerging leaders to tackle issues like the spread of disinformation, spoke on the subject at the prestigious university, blasting social and traditional media for spreading fake news. Prominent conservatives couldn't stand the irony and clapped back at the former world leader, accusing him of promoting the Russia-Trump collusion hoax and reminding him that he won PolitiFact's Lie of the Year in 2013. During the speech, Obama declared... All we see is a constant feed of content where useful factual information and happy diversions and kept videos flow alongside lies, conspiracy theories, junk science, quackery white supremacist, racist tracks, misogynist grades. He also slammed disinformation spread by former President Donald Trump, even put Russian President Vladimir Putin and former White House chief strategist Steve Bannon together as people trying to attack democracy. People like Putin and Steve Bannon, for that matter, Understand it's not necessary for people to believe this information in order to weaken democratic institutions. Obama said, adding, you just have to flood a country's public square with enough raw sewage. You just have to raise enough questions, spread enough dirt, plant enough conspiracy theorizing that citizens no longer know what to believe. National Review senior writer Michael Brendan Doherty wrote a scathing piece about the speech for his outlet and said, like so many other progressives, what Obama seeks to restore is the near monopoly liberals once had on the information space. Daily Wire reporter Ryan Salvador torched Obama's speech, tweeting out a screenshot of the PolitiFact article that awarded the former president with the lie of the year and noting, Obama is quite the expert in disinformation. Conservative author Max Abrams responded to the news about Obama's Stanford speech, tweeting, Someone should tell Obama that if you promoted the Russia-Trump collusion hoax and all the component parts that have been revealed as empirically baseless, then you're not actually opposed to disinformation.
1: Okay, that's where I gotta jump in. Exactly. Misinformation, disinformation. What did Barack Obama know? We know that the CIA and the FBI told him that the, the early on a Russian, Russian hoax had nothing, it was complete garbage. It came from the Hillary Clinton campaign, and President Obama knew that. So what? Let me throw this out there. We we have uh, seen hundreds of people go to jail from January sixth protesting, uh, going into the Capitol. Some people just standing at the Capitol have been uh, placed in jail as as a domestic terrorist. They haven't been able to have uh, proper legal representation Uh, they've rotted in jail Uh, you can rape, uh, rob, murder and we see murders uh, some of them even getting out on bail Uh, you can go in and and, uh, hit a jewelry store or rob a bank and so many are not even given uh, they, they don't have bail at all in some of these states New York, California, no bail policies and you have people who walked through the Capitol or stood at the Capitol, and and they're in jail And, and for uh, domestic terrorism. And everybody talks about how uh, it was a low day for democracy, and I agree. I don't think the protesters, they should have never gone into the Capitol. And uh, somebody should have smelt the booby trap. It was a trap. It was designed as a trap. I really believe that, and most people would look at all the facts, can see it wasn't spontaneous. There was a plan, and uh, who planned it? I wish we could find out. I wish we had a real uh, search uh, committee that would search out the answers instead of a political hit job being done by the Democrats in the January 6th uh, uh, committee. But I will say this. This is what's so important. America suffered a black eye that day. It was ugly-looking, world-solid. And I mean, there's no way you can call it insurrection. They didn't have guns. They weren't trying to take over anything It wasn't an insurrection. It was a riot Uh, It was a protest that went too far. Yes, and and yes people should be arrested, but they shouldn't be locked up like they're uh, terrorists But now let's think about this What hurt America? That was a black eye. It was ugly. I hate that it happened Wish it hadn't happened, shouldn't happen, shouldn't never happen again. But what hurt America more? Was it those protesters or was it President Barack Obama who sat on the knowledge and not only him, but probably Vice President Joe Biden at the time, our pr- current president, and the CIA officers, FBI officers who knew that the Russian hoax was nothing more than a hoax. It was completely done and developed by the Clinton campaign team, and they knew it. And they let the Mueller commission go on. They, they let the special prosecutor look at this. They, 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 for two years, they did nothing to tell the truth. They did nothing to speak up. As America suffered, President Trump's first year, first two years in office, and really all four years, were were shadowed by this Russian hoax. It kept him from doing foreign policy. He could not make agreements with Russia. He couldn't work with Russia. He couldn't try to keep Russia uh, tampered down. It affected the United States of America. and President Obama he was was president when it started the Russian hoax. and during the transition even, but they used that to weaken, incoming president, President Donald J. Trump, they used that information, and they knowingly sat on it, and and somebody had to tell all the others, don't say a word, even after President Obama was out of the office, and Vice President Biden was out of office, and they knew the truth, and they let America languish. They let the mainstream media go overboard, and not only that, they let. We saw the CIA director under Barack Obama come out and lie to the American people, lie to Congress. But when they knew it, there was no Russian hoax and they egged it on, did that hurt the United States of America? Go back to what the phrase was at the time. They hated Trump. More than they loved America, and that's what is more of a egregious um, action. Was was it the January Sixers? Did they really were they able to hurt America other than an image? Or was it Barack Obama, former Vice President Joe Biden, who's our current president? His CIA, the CIA director, FBI director Comey. Who hurt America more? Who put, um, who put a black eye on America more? The January Sixers are a former president and vice president and they leading security intelligence people who knew the truth and watched America suffer through. And, and the news media gets all google eyed over complete lies and they knew they were lies and they kept their mouths shut, which action hurt America the most? Just think about that. Let, let me let this uh, uh, article continue on, then we'll, we'll uh, uh, move, move on.
2: The Federalist editor-in-chief, Molly Hemingway, replied to Obama announcing the speech by asking, Would you be apologizing for your role in the biggest disinformation campaign the country has ever seen? The Russia collusion hoax that you helped perpetrate. Nuclear Investigations Deputy Editor Benjamin Weingarten slammed Obama and former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton's comments on fighting disinformation, tweeting, When Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, and al. are talking about combating disinformation, you can bet a new onslaught on the First Amendment is coming. Conservative author Jay Kost responded to an article about the speech headline Obama points finger at tech companies for disinformation in major speech, tweeting, Remember when he was president. He pointed lots and lots of fingers. Lots and lots. I regret we were such disappointments to him. Conservative commentator and podcast host Noam Bloom tweeted about the same article. I mean, he's the godfather of blaming websites for his own international screw-up. So sure, why not? And Nails Busters executive editor, Tim Graham, pointed out an extra bit of irony found underlying Obama's speech, tweeting, Anyone noticed that Obama was introduced to speak on disinformation at Stanford by Michael McFole, the guy who just stepped in it by saying Hitler didn't kill ethnic Germans on MSNBC?
1: Well, of course Hitler killed ethnic Germans. How do you think he got power? How do you think he kept power? But, yes, I mean, it's, it's hypocrisy. And uh, it's just such a gross misuse of of, of American, our freedoms. When you go to attack free speech and you call things misinformation, when the master of misinformation, you could call Barack Obama the master of misinformation from his ability to know that Hillary Clinton used the Russian hoax in her campaign and to sit there and let America suffer America suffered from our governmental policies domestically. President Trump suffered on a foreign, a worldwide policy could not affect that because of the Russian hoax. And President uh, Trump was curtailed. He, he, was, uh, he was attacked on media on all fronts. And President Obama knew the truth the whole time and kept his mouth shut. More than likely, Vice President Joe Biden knew the truth the whole time, kept his mouth shut. That is such a gross, gross violation of America's freedoms. A former president knowing something that was hurting America and hurting the current president at the time and just using it like a knife and twisting that knife in the American president's side. The, one of the few people in the history of America to serve as president did nothing to help the current president. It's really sickening when you think about how gross it was that President Obama would sit there knowing the truth and watching two years of constant uh, just pillaging of Donald Trump on all kind of charges stemming from Russian hoax. And he knew that Russian hoax was a lie and did nothing, absolutely nothing, to tell the truth. Absolutely, really shameful. And that, those are the people that want to control all the information. Don't want any freedom of speech, it seems. So, um, wow, that's, that, that's a sad, it's a sad commentary of where the progressive socialists want to take this country. Listen, you're listening to Doc Holiday's Rock Splitting Politics. You're listening to us right here on webtalkradio.net. We're glad to have you, each and every one of you. Hey, it is an election year. That's one reason it's very important talking about freedom of speech. And because of freedom of speech, we can write books. We can uh, write content, magazines, blog posts. And one of the things we have here at Doc Holiday's Rock Splitting Politics, we do have a book called Bedrock Truths. If you don't have that book, you can go to www.docholiday.org. Holiday's got two L's in it. Uh, Go there and you order Bedrock Truth, other books there if you want to order those. And listen, (laughs) we're glad you're listening to us. Tell your friends and neighbors this is an election year. It's very important to be out. We'll be bringing you uh, subjects. You know, we, we can't cover everything here. We try to zero in things we think are very important. That you need to know about that you're not necessarily getting in in other uh, streams of uh, news and information. So thank you for listening to Doc Holliday's rock splitting politics. And like I said right now, well we got a clip talking about the Ukraine war. Where where are we in this war of Ukraine and Russia? Well, uh, thank goodness the Ukrainians are putting up such a uh, just a brave fight, very courageous, but. Uh, Russia has uh, dominated in many ways. So here's a conversation I thought was very interesting. We'll talk about it when it's done here. But uh, on, on Newsmax show, they had Mike uh, Baker, former CIA uh, um, covert operations officer, and he he was giving his insight. So let's take a listen to this. Very important. It's a little bit long. but uh, I uh, want you to hear this so we can sort of see where this war between uh, Ukraine and Russia may be going, and and uh, I'll start this clip out. He's been asked a question about cyber, uh, cyber war and uh, cyber security, actually here in America. So this is Mike uh, giving an answer about what could happen in America, even with cyber war, and and then it goes on and talks about some of the things that uh, about Putin. So take a listen to this. Very important. They've
0: essentially crossed a line that we can no longer then say, all right, we can't get engaged because we don't want to provoke Putin. You know, what he's done is horrible enough. But if he starts shutting down power grids, that's an act of war Uh against NATO or the U.S.
3: So that because we've had this conversation before, whether uh, cyber warfare uh, is in fact that an act of war, and then would that be enough to elicit a response
0: yeah, and that's and again you're, the, the problem here is the Pentagon and, and you know our allies. We've all been struggling with this question over the years as to because it's difficult, right? You can attribute a missile attack to a nation. You can you can figure that out. You know the launch point. You know the trajectory. Uh, that's easy to define. And we've got decades of knowing what a proportional response could look like to that. But when you're talking about uh, you know, engaging in, in, in cyber attacks on a state-sponsored level against another nation, uh, that is, you know, that's an unknown. And that scares a lot of people uh, in the military and in the intel community, not just here in the U.S., but with our allies. Because, again, the problem is escalation and how rapidly that could that could escalate and what that could mean then in terms of, you know, global conflict that you can't walk back from. Uh, Mike, how does Putin save face at this point? He's already been embarrassed by not taking over Ukraine, not only in days and weeks, it's it's a couple months now. Um, He's having trouble just solidifying that land bridge to the Black Sea. Uh, If you read it right, he's got some political pressure at home. And I think what we worry about in the West is that out of... um, you know, reaching a point where he has nothing to lose, he starts doing these things to us. Right. And I think he's, um, Yeah, you know, there was some talk early on in this conflict that, you know, he was off the rails and mentally unstable. And I, I, I don't think that's the case, but there is the danger of him not seeing an off ramp, of him not seeing a way, as you put it, to save face. Now, there's, a, there, there's some important, you know, parameters here. They've got uh, a very important date coming up, May 9th, which is Victory Day. Right, which is the, the the Russian celebration of the, the defeat of the Nazis, the surrender of the Nazis back in May 9th, 1945. Uh, it, is, it is very likely that Putin uh, wants something that he can trumpet on May 9th, on Victory Day, in Russia to try to shore up his image and to show the population, look, we've done this. Now, whether that means he's completely secured uh, the eastern portion of the country down through there and created this land bridge that we've been talking about for some time uh, that may be sufficient for him to tout. look this is what we've done look at this we've, we've we've rescued you know our brethren on the eastern side of the ukraine that's how he would put it um and perhaps then that allows for some type of discussion but the the you know the, the, the difficulty here is is that we're talking, the US and NATO, we're talking about, look, the only victory here is if we get the Russians completely out of the Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Well, the Russians have been in the Ukraine since 2014. Mm-hmm. And we weren't talking about it for the past seven years, right? We weren't talking about getting the Russians out of the Ukraine for the past seven years as a matter of national security for the US and NATO. But now we are. So, so- I you know we're we're creating an environment where you know there may not be any room to negotiate this uh in any meaningful way
1: and that's why i was talking about what's very important because you get anybody backed in the corner even if you're a parent and there's a child and you want to dominate that child and say you can't do this you can't you know and, and put all this pressure you know this is my way to highway a child because a human being when they're backed into the corner There needs to be a way out, a way that you can say if you do this we'll we'll allow you to move around here or you got to give them a way to save face to give them some dignity. Does Putin deserve dignity? No way. But do countries need to have brains and figure out how Something to be given so you can save lives. Do you keep just fighting and fighting as thousands and thousands are dying and more and more cities are being destroyed? Um, that's that's the uncertainty and the lack of faith I have in Joe Biden and his team to be productive in these areas. I really, really think America's hurting for leadership, and I hope we somewhere if our state department surely there's somebody who can step up to the job but the people who've been appointed by joe biden i just i have no faith in them but uh let, let's continue on with this uh, interview with mike baker
3: and, and that is a key question right there um that you just posed um because i was thinking of the wording that you just used about what putin could declare um would that be enough without there being an official negotiation and an end to this, and therefore Ukraine agreeing to give up officially those portions in eastern Ukraine?
0: Yeah, I, I don't know that. You know, we're in a position at this stage where uh, President Zelensky and the Ukrainian government, the people, are, would be willing to say, "Fine, we will we will give up this territory that, in a sense, we haven't had control over." Right. Uh, for, for seven, seven plus years. Right. Um, but, you know, again, you have to look in, in the real world. You know, we, we there's the emotion of all of this and, and the feels, you know, and the, and the pride that, you know, everyone feels in the fight that the Ukrainian people have put up. But at the same time, you, you have to look at where is this going? And yeah. if we continue to provide weaponry and NATO provides weaponry to the Ukraine, is that sufficient in itself to reach some victory where the russians are completely out of the ukraine i i don't see how that works yeah. Yeah. so and that anyway. would imply that we're doing that would imply that we do something more than we're doing currently and then we're in this game where we're yeah. thinking would that help putin
3: we will see all right mike baker thank you very much for joining us
1: and that's why i was talking about what's very important because you get anybody backed in the corner even if you're a parent and there's a child and you want to dominate that child and say you can't do this you can't you know and, and put all this pressure you know this is my way to highway a child because a human being when they're backed into the corner there needs to be a way out a way that you can say if you do this we'll, we'll allow you to move around here or you gotta give them a way to save face to give them some dignity. Does Putin deserve dignity? No way. But do countries need to have brains and figure out how something can be given so you can save lives? Do you keep just fighting and fighting as thousands and thousands are dying and more and more cities are being destroyed? That's the uncertainty and the lack of faith I have in Joe Biden and his team to be productive in these areas. I really, really think America's hurting for leadership. And I hope we somewhere, if our State Department, surely there's somebody can step up to the job, but the people who've been appointed by Joe Biden, I just I have no faith in them. And with that, let's uh, finish up this week's show by saying we need to always support freedom of speech. That's why we let people speak that we may not agree with. That is the big difference, and Americans believe in that. And the other side doesn't. They call it misinformation. You don't need conspiracy theories. You don't. Basically, they want everybody to shut up except for the people they want to speak, and it's them and whoever they approve of who gets to speak. And so that's an important part of this election coming up in November. The socialists, the progressive left, they have shown their hand over and over again. They do not want freedom of speech. They do not want a, uh, a competition of ideas. They don't want that. It's their way or the highway, and they want to shut you down, shame you, uh, just throw all kind of heap, all kind of garbage on you, and say you stink and smell bad, and whatever it takes to get you shut down. And they love to have laws to do that. And thank goodness, in America, we have freedom of speech. We have since we've had the Constitution, and it should stay that way, and Americans should vote to keep it that way. And that's one reason you need to be fired up about this election coming up in November. The primaries, wherever you are, get involved, stand up for freedom of speech, and make sure you remember, don't let anyone vote for any Democrat anywhere until they kick the socialist out of their party. Socialism in America will not work. It will not work. And we know that and we see that. And it's time to tell these Democrats who've been uh, playing footsies with the socialists, if you know Democrat voters, tell them the time is to stop this. They may return to the Democrat Party, but this new November until they kick the socialists out, do not vote for the Democrats. I mean, You see all the problems, and they're they're a major part of the cause. So, listen, (laughs) you've been listening to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. We'll be here next week for another show. Thank you for listening. Tell your friends and neighbors, see you next week.